Welcome to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. At Victory, we value love in action through growing, connecting, serving, and giving. We work to show God's love and share His truth as we love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together. Here's this week's sermon by Pastor Terry Green. And if you have a Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, we'll be reading there in just a moment. You know, everybody sees a lot of potential in their kids uh, because they so powerfully influence our lives. We, we just know they're going to make a significant impact on the world. So uh, they may rescue people from fires. They may build houses or paint beautiful pictures. Some might save people from drowning or uh, nurse people back to health. They might fix big plumbing problems and keep the peace or do vital medical research. But they might just bring joy to our hearts just for living just for being here on this planet with us, just for being connected with us. It was great to see Sue Elnett back, and this morning she said, this is my son. And she said, oh, and she's excited to spend time with him, and hopefully he is with her. She's a great lady. I love her. So we, we get excited about our kids. Recently, Kathy and I had the opportunity to get together with our kids and uh, the five spouses of our kids and all the grandkids and it was a great day it wasn't quiet but it was great it was a wonderful day and we got pictures and and we're still talking about things that happened and and that was fun you know most of the world feels very non-threatened by a baby you look at a baby and i mean the very first time I held a baby, I, I was like, ah, it was my little sister, and I was afraid I was going to break her somehow. But, but you don't walk past a crib with a baby and feel terror, unless they're screaming. Um, most of the time, most of the world doesn't mind the concept of Jesus, the baby, because that's not threatening. That's hope. That's life. That's joy. That's something special. But they don't acknowledge the mission of that baby. See, Jesus wasn't just a baby. It was a couple of the songs we've talked about. He had a ministry that vastly exceeded just being born. And there was no child like this child. Jesus, as a baby, God the Father saw the fullness of all of his life and all of his ministry and even his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. It was all there all at once in the mind and heart of God the Father. And there was no child like this child. Uh, Jesus was born to a small, I'm sorry, to a poor couple in a small military garrison town. They weren't necessarily a small couple. They were poor. The offering that they gave for, the, for him was evident proof that they didn't have much money at all. And the time and place of his birth put him outside the typical avenues of power and influence. Israel was dominated by Rome, and so the Roman government had the power 
And then within Israel, there were some who had political clout and power, and Joseph and Mary didn't fall into either group. And so he was outside of those traditional avenues of power. Uh, Yet he has impacted the world more than any other person in history. In fact, he's impacted the world more than all the other persons in history. His life changed the course of human history. So let's look at a couple of verses that God spoke through the prophet. Isaiah the prophet wrote these verses down, spoke them, and then wrote them down and recorded them. The Holy Spirit preserved them. They've been translated, and now we have them in our English Bibles as well. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment judgment. And justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Notice at the beginning of these two verses, it talks about his humanity, a son is given. Now, some cultures really value the birth of a son way more than the birth of a daughter. And Uh, I know when I was a business executive and the owner of the company was Jewish and when my son, we already had a daughter before I got the job there, but my uh, son was born when I worked there and he called me to congratulate me, called me at the hospital to congratulate me on the birth of my son. And he said, take the rest of the week off with pay. Spend some time getting to know your son. Well, I said, okay, that was great. And I was still working there when Megan was born. And he called me at the hospital and said, congratulations on your daughter being born. Can you get back in this afternoon? (laughs) Why? Because it was just Megan. It wasn't Nathan. No, it's because in his culture, a son was so special and a daughter was not. Ironically, God blessed him with three sons, no daughters, and he was thrilled. I liked having both, uh, daughters and sons. It was a blessing. But a son, I mean, a, a child is born. This is his humanity. The Jewish leaders and most of the Jewish people were longing for a conquering king. They wanted him to come riding in on a white horse and save the day and turn the Roman army out and and lead to victory. And that's what they were longing for. They were anticipating a warrior and they received a baby. And they couldn't see what God was doing. And yet, right here, In the scriptures that they taught and they read, it says, a child is born. They should have been anticipating that. Then it says, a son is given. So a child is born references his his humanity. A son is given recognizes his deity. 
He is God the Son, given into humanity. He's not just a baby born, he's a son given. When Gabriel told Mary she would have a son and give birth to a son, even though she was a virgin, Mary wisely asked, how can that happen? And then Gabriel answered and said these words, Uh, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. His humanity, His deity unto us, a a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now don't skip over those two words mentioned twice, unto us. See, if there weren't humanity there would be no Jesus. If God had only created animals and angels, he wouldn't have died. He created people in his own image and our Im- his image in us got marred by sin. We made sinful choices that began with Adam and Eve, but if you look at your life this year, you probably can see some things you've messed up on too. Adam and Eve started it, but we carry it on. And so his image is marred. So he sent his son in our place to pay our debt, to live the perfect life we could have lived if Adam and Eve and us hadn't been sinners by choice and sinners by nature. And and so now we are dependent on him for spiritual life. A son is given. And he was uh, the the... We see both sides, his humanity and his deity. Then the next phrase says, and the government will be upon his shoulder. Now that gives you the idea of shouldering responsibility, but there's also uh, the way um, people showed authority. If you've ever been in the military, then you can tell someone's authority. uh, If they're officers, you can look at, at that symbol of their authority, or if they're an officer in a dress uniform, sometimes it'll be up here, uh, a, a ranking system. And then uh, the enlisted, it's going to be on their shoulders, and, and, it's gonna, and you can see the different ranks and stripes and, and rockers. And, and uh, so you've got all the rank. You can just glance. If you've been in the military for any length of time or been married to somebody in the military for any length of time, you can just glance, and you immediately recognize the authority. Now, because I'm colorblind, I had a little trouble telling the difference between a major and a colonel because the major and the lieutenant colonel, it's the same symbol in the Marine Corps. One's a different color. Which one's which, Jim? Is the major is brass? or I, I think the colonel's silver, but... And so gold is the major and the colonel silver. I, I, right, Pete. Pete was in the Marine Corps too. And, you know, we, I, I sometimes had trouble telling the difference in those, but I could count the number of stripes on the side. That was easy for me. So the government's on his shoulder. It's not just that he's shouldering the responsibility. Picture in the military somebody who is wearing their rank. You can see it. I've been in the room when a four-star general walked in the room. And you know what happens when a four-star general walks in the room? The two-star generals snap to attention. And everybody else does too. 
Normally, that two-star is used to being the big dog in the room, but when the four-star shows up, he's the medium dog. I was still the little dog, but, but he was the medium dog now. And so the, the government, the authority is on him. Picture also a king who wears his robe of authority. The government is on his shoulder, the kingly robe of great authority, the military officer of great authority. Nehemiah 3, 5 says the leaders of Tekoa, their nobles, did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. They weren't doing the work. The nobles weren't stepping up and accepting their authority and their responsibility. But Jesus does both. He demonstrates his authority and he takes full responsibility. Then it says, he is the wonderful counselor. Some translations put them together, wonderful counselor. Some have them separately, wonderful, comma, counselor. I want you to think about it together today. The, the Net Bible calls this the, the extraordinary strategist that he would be. See, God's way is always the right way. In fact, an old-time preacher, Pete Rice's uncle, John R. Rice, was an evangelist, preached all around the world, but very heavily in Europe, England, and, and America. And John R. Rice used to always say that um, at any time, if it seems that man's way succeeded, remember, it would be infinitely better if they'd done it God's way. God's way is the right way. God's way can be painful, but it's still the right way. God's way sometimes can be confusing. We have trouble figuring it out, but it's still the right way. All other ways are wrong. Even if they seem to be effective, they're wrong. We base it on intrinsic facts, not on appearance. God's way is the right way. And so how do we find God's way? Uh, the government will be on his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Well, the main place you get counsel from God is right here from his word. We get his word speaking into our lives. The Holy Spirit of God put this together for us so we can study and learn and grow and appreciate. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And we should study it and learn it as 2 Timothy 2.15 says, to be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, taking it, learning it, understanding it, then applying it into our lives. We need to pray, seeking wisdom from God. James 1.5 says, if you ask God for wisdom, he'll give it to you. He will. And, he, and we can listen to the Holy Spirit. Revelation chapters 2 and 3, Christ writes seven letters to seven different churches. He dictates those letters through John. John wrote it down, and then they were sent to those churches. And then it was kept as part of the book of Revelation for us to read those letters to those seven churches. And in every letter... Seven letters, seven churches, seven times Jesus said the same thing. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So we need to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. If you're a believer, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment you ask Jesus to save you, the Holy Spirit came to live within 
and now you can follow him. You need the word, because that's the tool the Holy Spirit put together for us, but you also need the Holy Spirit to guide you in living that out. And then you can also listen to trusted counselors. Other people who have learned and studied God's word can give you counsel. But always follow God's word more than the words of people, including your pastor. Follow God's word. In fact, if your pastor's teaching something other than God's word, which does happen in some churches, that church should remove the pastor and get one who teaches God's word. He is the wonderful counselor. The wonder of who he is. When Jesus spoke as he went through life and he would teach people and they would be shocked and amazed. They'd try and corner him, you know. They had 613 laws. And so they, they had 613, they had, the laws were broken into two segments. One segment was 365 laws of, of what to do and then 214, however many, of don't do's. And, and the, the 365, that's one for every day, and the 200-some, that's one for every bone in the body. That's what they said. They had these 613 laws they all followed, and they were going to trick Jesus, and they were going to pin him down. And they came up and said, which one of these laws is the most important? And Jesus turned things around on them. He said, the first commandment, the most important Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's not what they wanted to hear. They came up to him and they said to him, Hey, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And what they wanted for Jesus to say, Yes, pay taxes to Caesar. Well, then they could say, See, he's supporting the Roman government. He's an insurrect. Don't trust that guy. And then if Jesus said, No, don't pay taxes to Caesar, they could go to the Romans and say, He's teaching people not to pay their taxes. They thought they had him, didn't they? And what did Jesus do? He said, Bring me a coin. They brought him a coin, and he held it up and said, Whose picture's on this coin? Coin. And they said, Jesus? Jesus. <laughs> they said Caesar. And Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. There's multiple times in the Bible where it says they, they were afraid to ask him another question. Why? Because he was the wonderful counselor sharing God's word with wonder and boldness and clarity so they could follow God's ways. Then he is the everlasting father. I skipped out mighty God, sorry. Uh, he is the mighty God. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. There is nothing too hard for him. He is the mighty God. When God said, let there be light, there was light. You know what happens to you and I? Sometimes we flip on the switch and there's not light. And we don't know what's going on. One time, our oldest daughter and older son, uh, they had a, an apartment together. And she, was it April 
Fool's Day. Kathy and I do not do April Fool's jokes at all. Didn't even like them, the kids doing them in our house. Uh, but we don't do tricks on each other. And, and long story for why. But Jessica took out every light bulb in the house, <laughs> including the refrigerator and the microwave. I, I mean, everything. Nathan came in from work, flipped on a switch, nothing. Now, Today, you just whip out your cell phone, turn on the flashlight, and you're good, right? That's not what happened then. He didn't have that. We had cell phones back then, you know, dunk, dunk, dunk. All they did was make calls. Um, and, and so he, he couldn't see to get around. He, he was not a happy camper. <laughs> Do you know what God's Word says? Psalm 139? He can see in the dark just as well as in the light. Nothing's a hindrance for God. He is the mighty God. He sees everything. He knows everything. He can do anything. He is the mighty God. He is the one who has not only the authority of the government being on his shoulder, but the power to actually do it. Some of us who were in the, well, everybody who was in the military knows someone who significantly outranked them who was a moron, right? If you were in the military and you know somebody that fits that average, yeah, they were. Who knows how they got promoted? It just doesn't make sense. And it happens sometimes. You, you can play the system. But you know what we can't do? Play the system with God. We can give a good appearance on the outside, but God sees all the way to the heart. We can't hide from him, which is a good thing when we're doing what's right, which is a little bit scary when we're not. We can follow him. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. Now that's a weird way to describe Jesus because Jesus is the son and submitting to the father. But what did Jesus say in the gospels? I and the father are one, one in essence, one in purpose, one in goal. The father is the progenitor, the originator, the ancestor. Jesus is called the originator of our faith. He is the author, the originator of our faith. And in our humanity, uh, we're always remembering things we could do before that we can't do anymore. Uh, but he is the father everlasting, eternal, perpetuity of time, lasting forever. His skill set does not diminish. You know, it's, it's an amazing story in the book of Joshua. It tells of a guy named Caleb who at 85 years old said he had the exact same strength he had when he was 40. The exact same vision with his eyeballs as he did at 40. All right, how many of you who are at least 20 years older than 40 think, oh, I'm just as strong and I can see just as well as I could at 40? Anybody? Yeah, it, it just doesn't happen. And, and we have some kids who had pretty phenomenal eyesight, and one of them's wearing glasses now, and the other's not yet. But it'll happen. Uh, and, but God doesn't diminish at all. And you can buy your dream car, and unless you're going to spend 
lots and lots of money for restoration and upkeep, that dream car's going to be a junk car in, in just a couple decades at, at the minimum. I mean, you can have your favorite clothes. They're going to wear out. Your favorite meal, and they start changing the way they sell the ingredients, and they put it together differently, you know? I always thought McDonald's fries tasted better when they were really saturated with that bad-for-you fat stuff. Then they tasted really good, but they changed the rules. See, in our humanity, we deteriorate over time. In fact, when I was in my mid-30s, I think my daughter Jess wanted me to help her lift something up in the closet. She was packing away for a while. She said, can you help me lift it? And I, said, I can just get it. And I picked it up and sat it up there. Well, she was having trouble picking it up to here, let alone lifting it way up there. And I had no trouble doing it. She said, wow, you're pretty strong. She said, yeah, that's right. You're in your mid-30s. You know, it's all downhill from here, Dad. <laughs> I love the nurturing nature they got. Um, but the truth is, we hit our physical peak, and then we decline. We hit our mental peak, which happens decades later, but still we decline. We hit an emotional peak, and then we decline. But you know what peak we don't hit? Our spiritual peak. There is no limit to how much you can grow spiritually. And then when you're with the Lord, that will be your spiritual peak at that moment. And then I think we'll still be growing in eternity. We'll still be maturing. But he is everlasting. You know, they have commercials for which battery's the best and have Duralast, have the EverReady battery. And they, none of them last forever. God does. The ultimate energy source that created the whole universe was not diminished at all after creating all that stuff. He still has it all. He has always existed. He always will. By human standards, God's presence, power, and ability, and knowledge are the same now as they were 6,000 years ago when he put Adam and Eve into the garden. James 1.17 says there's no variation or shadow of turning with him, not even the slightest hint of change. He still gauges us according to his word, guides us according to his word and by his spirit, and guards us to make sure everything's under control and nothing can get in except what he's going to use for his good for our good and his glory. So as a believer, no matter what you're going through, you can have this confidence, you're going through. Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We will go through. We're going through. Jesus Christ is fully God, the author and the finisher of our faith. And at Christmas, we celebrate his birth, but we also celebrate so much more than his birth. We celebrate who he was in his ministry on earth. We celebrate who he is in his eternal presence in heaven, and we long for that day when we see him, when he's ruling and reigning not only in our hearts, but in our world and over the universe. 
Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There's nothing too hard for thee. He is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. What's the last phrase of verse 6? He is the Prince of Peace. Again, prince is a position of authority. Prince is a position of power and influence. And he is the prince of peace. He's the one who rules over peace. Peace is a a completeness, a soundness, a tranquility, a being whole or at peace, a position of blessedness. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but it's composure in the middle of the conflict. Isaiah 26 says, you will keep him in perfect peace, shah shalom, perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, Yahweh, or Jah, Jehovah, in the Lord is everlasting strength. He will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed and focused on him. David Jeremiah told a story that a friend, David Jeremiah's friend told him this story. There was an older lady on a ship and they were crossing the ocean and they were coming from, um, I think from Europe to New York. I don't remember, but I think that's the direction they were going. And the ship got in some really rough areas and there were scary things and people were running and screaming and kids were getting upset because people were running this way and running that way and trying to take care of things and there was a lot of panic on the ship and this lady called all these kids together and corralled all the kids and got this group of kids over here and then she started teaching them about Jesus Christ, started teaching them from the Bible and the kids calmed down and pretty soon the kids are singing songs and the people are still panicking and well the ship made it safely to harbor and so the the uh, guy the captain of the ship goes up to this lady and he said, you know, I noticed that during the panic, my crew was panicking and you were calm and you just sat with the kids and you talked with them and you shared scripture with them and you sang with them. How do you have that? Have you been through something like this before? He said, that's the worst I've ever been through. How did you remain so calm? And she said, well, it really, it's pretty simple. I have two daughters. One lives in New York, one lives in heaven with my Lord Jesus Christ. And I knew either way, I was going to see one of them soon. And that was okay with me. He he gives us the, the peace through difficulties. I had a missionary friend in Mexico. I can't remember his last name. His first name was Mike. And and his uh, wife and he lost a son, and his son had a health struggle that the last few months of his life were pretty brutal, and, and then he died. And Mike said he was sitting in a chair feeling like he was totally empty, and he had no capacity to do anything. And he looked up, and he saw his wife, and he said, Terry, you know what she was doing? She was comforting the hospital staff because they lost a patient. How did she do that? Her mind was stayed on the Lord, and he gave perfect peace. And 
she could reach out to others even in the midst of her grief. Peace comes to those who accept and follow Jesus Christ. That's where true peace comes from. Then we can face the difficulties of life, and there are many, and some of them really hurt. And we can face it because the Lord is with us, even through the valley of the shadow of death. Look at verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Jesus rules from heaven. Daniel 2.21 says he removes kings and raises up kings. Matthew 28.18, Jesus said, all authority had been given unto him. He rules. Psalm 33 says these words. Psalm 33, verses 6 through 11. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. See, Colossians 1 said, All things were created by him and for him, and by him all things hold together. They consist. They hold together. So while he was on the earth, Jesus did some pretty spectacular things. He walked on the water in a storm. When our daughter Jess was in college, her pastor was teaching on that, and he said, Do you, do you wonder if Jesus kind of just walked, or did he moonwalk while he was up there on the water? Uh, you know, we, we don't know, but we know he walked on the water in the middle of a storm. Another time he rebuked the wind and calmed the sea and it was suddenly placid. When seasoned fishermen were in fear for their lives, it was suddenly calm sea. I don't know if you've ever been on a boat in a storm. I have. It's not a pleasant place to be and it doesn't go away instantly unless God makes that happen and that's what Jesus did. Another time, he healed the sick. One of my favorite things, he stopped a funeral procession and raised the dead. How cool would that be? What a blessing to that mom. He looked Pilate in the eye and said, you would have no authority over me except what's given to you by my father. You don't have the authority. My father and I do. And he rose from the dead. He ascended of his own ability up into the heavens, and now he rules and reigns. But there's coming a day when his authority shall be fully realized on earth as it already is in heaven. Of the increase of his government. See, there are more people being saved every day around the world. There's people trusting Christ. The family of God is growing every day. And it will continue. He is ruling and he is reigning. So our job is to submit 
and follow. Now, when a four-star general walked into the room with a couple two-stars, a couple full-bird full colonels, a couple uh, light colonels, the lieutenant colonels, and a couple senior enlisted people and me. I was the two ranks, three ranks below the next enlisted person, and I was, there was nobody below me. I was the low man on the totem pole. It was my job to set up the room and, and be there to facilitate. And, and when that happened, everybody snapped too. Why? Because the main one in charge. Uh, and in the Marine Corps, the highest rank is a four-star general. And the commandant of the Marine Corps, everybody snaps too and does. You know, the Commandant of the Marine Corps is just this itty-bitty, tiny, little, insignificant speck on planet Earth. And God rules from the heavens. And yet God's people take God's word and ignore it. They don't follow his commands. They don't submit to his authority. But they sure want his blessings. Do you see something wrong with that picture? We should be submitting to him. He determines the bounds of our habitation. And yes, sometimes he allows horrific pain and sorrow and loss. But he endured even more for us on the cross. We need to kneel before him, as the hymn says, bow down before him, love and adore him. His name is wonderful, Jesus, my Lord. See, it's not just what's happening in the future. It's actually happening right now, right here, in this place and on this day. God is at work in our hearts and lives. Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi and said that he was confident of this very thing, that he who had begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Every day, all around the world, people are following Christ, trusting him and beginning the journey or continuing the journey, like you and I, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior. So it is happening right now in your life and in mine. God is at work. He is a child born. He is a son given. The government is upon his shoulder. The, his name is called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And he is continuing to rule and reign over the universe. And he should be ruling and reigning in my heart and in yours. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, you're not ready for this life to be over. Because when this life's over, your opportunity for salvation is over. You need to trust him. What we say as a church, our purpose is to show God's love and share his truth as we love and follow the Lord Jesus Christ together. And our motto is helping people accept and follow Jesus Christ. That's what we're trying to do. Father, I pray this morning that as we think about who you are and think about who Jesus is, that we would truly yield, that we would follow, that we would love 
and serve the Lord Jesus Christ together that we would do what you have called us to do, that we would appreciate what you have done in our hearts and lives, and that every day, but especially this day, would be a day of recommitment that we will follow you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Victory Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Victory, please visit our website at victoryarizona.org. You can also connect with us on our Facebook page or by emailing victory at victoryarizona.org. We'd love to help you accept and follow Jesus Christ.